Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Hey, hey, welcome back. Thank you for listening to episode... Oh my God, Victor, we're almost at 250. But today we're at 249 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined as always by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today we are going to talk about UFC 289. We're going to talk about Connor jinxing Miami Heat and how he should be banned. There are so many things we have going on. But first, Victor, how the hell are you? I am doing great. Been cooking a lot. Been uh, doing a lot of workouts, putting a lot of effort into this this little machine that we're keeping chugging along. Um Getting some pretty exciting uh, news on the horizon for what we're going to be coming up with next year at BE for your enjoyment. And um, I'm good, man. This is one of the highlights of my week. I love doing this. I love chatting with you as usual. And, and you know, this is we, we have a certain amount of, of slop that we need to really pile into. There's some there's some stuff that really deserves <laughs> some some dog piling that I, I don't think has had uh it, it, certain things have not been shitted on sufficiently to my satisfaction. <laughs> okay. And I've, I hope that we're on the same page with that. Uh, <laughs> Cause I have some, some cake shitting to do too. <laughs> so anyways, let's go ahead and dive right into UFC 289. And we are going to start at the top when Amanda Nunes absolutely beating the fucking brakes off of Irina Aldana. That, was a stomping that was a revenant style beat down and as a result of that i have to agree with zane simon and eddie mercado because they do a little bonus section at the end of the sixth round post-fight show and they give a numeric star rating to each of the fights and Zayn made an interesting point and i like this and i believe eddie ended up in agreement with him but he said You cannot judge this fight on Amanda's performance alone. We are looking at an entire fight and we're giving it a star rating. So my star rating is a 2.5 out of 5 because I give Amanda a perfect score, but I give Aldana a zero star score. And I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, the fight could have been much better if we'd had actually two competitors in there instead of one and a super gun shy girl that only managed to get some stuff off when she was forced to victor i'm reminded of what happened in the fight with aldana and um holly holm Mm. you know she aldana got shut down ran out of weapons got outboxed very soundly And this was a very different kind of fight. You know, she had some good looks and some pretty decent moments in the first round. Rocked, uh, slightly rocked uh, Amanda in one moment. That was just one right hand. 
After that, it was over. Amanda saw what was happening. She analyzed everything correctly. She kept going with the uh, with her assault, her offense. And when the front team kicks weren't going, they weren't landing the way that they were in round one, she switched it up. She had other things to do. And she had other ways of doing them. And that was it. Aldana just froze. And in the moment where she needed to shine the brightest, Irene couldn't do it. And that's going to happen sometimes. That's just a reality for certain people. We all, everybody hits their ceiling, and sometimes the, heat, the ceiling hits back. And that's what we saw here. You saw the greatest ever basically uh, outclassing and outworking and out-hustling the younger upstart. And that's really what that was. So if we're uh, talking about like the ratings and stories, I think that was dead on the money. Absolutely. It was what's going to happen when you have a washout like that. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's just what it is. There were some things around this fight that need to be discussed. Number one, Amanda Nunes laid down her gloves in there and officially retired. A lot of people out there are saying, I don't believe her. She'll be back. She is one of those people I don't think will be back. I think, especially watching her social feeds over the years, her and Nina don't live extravagantly. I mean, just look at where she has the glass case with her 11 belts in it. It's literally in a very Spartan hallway. And shout out to Smoogie for pointing this out because that's how I was able to see the video first. And his comments pointed this out and he's absolutely on the money. But it's there, the, the hallway it's in, there's literally nothing in it. There's nothing on the walls. I mean, they, they live well within their means and then some. So I feel like she won't have the need to come back. And that's the most important thing is the need to come back because a lot of these fighters can't retire on what they're making from the UFC. And that's the God's honest truth. 13 to 14.5% revenue share for the fighters. Only the top tier ones can really retire. That's the bottom line. And Amanda is the greatest woman fighter of all time. And if you argue with me, I will call you a liar and laugh in your face. Daniel Cormier made a little slip up and I loved it because in that moment, I felt like Amanda was the greatest of all time, period. I was emotional. She was emotional. And her whole speech after was just perfect. I cried like a baby when she was retiring. It's the end of an era. Nobody will be as mm. dominant as her. No. Same as John Jones. I don't think we're ever going to get another John Jones, not for a very, very long time. Ditto Demetrius Johnson. She defeated literally every top star champion within two divisions. So I mean, she commands wins over every single highly ranked star, every single highly ranked female star, with the exception of the ones at Strawweight. Victor. Well, I mean, you got to look at that resume. All the champions that, that were there and all the high-level fighters that were available, right? Valentina twice. Ronda, sure, she had already suffered the loss to Holly Holm, but you still had that intrigue to see what was going to happen. And she... Beat the bricks off of her like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. Not even practice. You know, it didn't even look like a sparring session. Just wipe the floor with her. 
She went in there against Holly Holm, put her away. No one had ever done that. Chris Cyborg, nobody had ever done that. Definitely not to that degree. Kat Zingano, well, actually, that that was, you know, she she fought way sooner prior to that high evolution, but Zingano never really reached the, the same heights. You know, that that the wins that she ended up attaining later undid all the losses that she had prior from the strike force and, and early UFC era. So you cannot look at this career and say that there's any sort of doubt whatsoever no in terms of the modern era greatest woman to ever do it because she fought the greatest and she made a lot of this look so easy it just yeah there's no really there you can you want to make an argument for chris cyborg being second best absolutely i am i will i will absolutely join you in that but not no no nobody nobody can supplant amanda as number one and you know as far as the retirement thing goes yeah, they're, sure, you see people lay the gloves down all the time, but you don't see somebody lay down the belts and kiss them and hold over them and really embrace the moment. You don't see this elaborate, long thing and then see how this person's living outside and kind of realize that they've been at peace for who knows how long, really, you know? Not, oh, man, I can't wait to get out the game, but more like, you know what? It's going to be over soon. That's... Yeah. That's fine, and that's good. And I really hope she's not only gone, but that she stay gone. I mean, if in, in a good way, that she's able to make something good happen with her life, and she ain't got to go out there and torture herself the way she's been doing, you know? The, she said this had been planned since before she started camp, that they have been looking at this fight all along like that. Mm-hmm. She looked and she said something to the effect that she didn't want to worry Nina anymore. Nina's pregnant right now. They're expecting their second daughter. You know, there's a lot going on here that lets me think that Amanda's thought this thing through and is determined and and she she just wants to enjoy her family. I and I yeah. love how mo- how many times she w- was motioning for Nina and come over here Nina and Nina this and the man the love between those two. Ah what a romantic story i just love them so much most so, adorable couple in the game they really are and their little yeah. girl's so cute too i know i know oh, i just want to squish her little cheeks she's adorable yes. so anyways enough with the love fest here now we have to look at something ugly that resulted from this fight and that is juliana pena's outburst at cage side, booing her and saying, don't you dare compare yourself to Anderson Silva. Well, she can. Juliana, you got to stop. You can't go out there and say, it's not because I'm a fighter. It's because I'm a warrior. What wars were you in? Now, I, I understand that, that she's saying that figuratively. But come on, lady. You got to catch a clue here. And and you saying that she stole your moment this was never your moment. You weren't in this fight, okay? Got to remember that. You weren't in this fight. This this was Amanda's moment, <laughs> even when you were in it. I mean, let's let's not forget the scores when she rematched you, when she pulled together in her training camp and took you seriously. She stomped your ass. Scores, 50-45. 50-44 and 50-43 averaged out to a 50-44 score in total. I would say that is a beatdown of epic proportions. You couldn't do a damn thing. You should really be quiet. Victor. 
here's my thing, man. I, I, I don't like the fact that I'm constantly being the guy beating the drum and saying, hey, Juliana won that fight and she earned that win. Mm-hmm. And good for her. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't discount anything. I don't No, she she got that fair and square and she will always have that. This is not helping. This is not good. This is not productive. This is you think that you going out there having your little tantrum is going to undo any of these other decisions that have been made, all, all these other factors outside of what's been going on in the cage that have led Amanda to say, you know what, I'm hanging it up. Come on, man. Come on. And you know what I love most was Amanda's retort, right? Her answer that she was the only way that she wasn't going to retire was if this, in fact, had been the scheduled fight against Juliana because she did, she wanted to retire against someone new. But what I kind of noticed there, and I don't think this was intentional, but it seems like a little bit like I'm not, not retiring after beating this one, you know? Like uh-huh. there's like a little bit of disrespect, a little <laughs> bit of shade there, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I beat her or whatever. I ain't feeling too satisfied with that. That's old news. Like that... I don't I, I I kind of the thing with Juliana is I kind of understand where she's coming from with some of this stuff. But then the execution and the conclusions that she takes it to, I just don't get that. I don't understand her thought process when it comes to that. You go out there, make all the faces you want. You could do a bunch of jumping jacks. You could fart in the cage. It's not going to bring Amanda back. She's not going to care. You're still chasing her, yapping and doing all this. Hey, man, listen, maybe you should lobby for just use what little leverage you have as a fighter and say, hey, I have a win over the former champ. She's gone now. That belt's up for grabs, and I want first. And I will I will just direct your energy to everybody else. Exactly. I will shit on everybody else in line. This is my house, and I'm going to get that belt around my waist again. You doubted me before. I'm going to take it this time. Do that. Carry that momentum redirect those waters and create an irrigation corral to make something that would be to your benefit in the fucking future instead of hanging on to the past. But then maybe she's viewing this as her chance of getting a payday, but it looks desperate and it looks weak and it does not seem like the right thing to do. I don't get it. I, 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 no, this is, you might have an idea in your head of what a cake is going to look like when you're baking it. And then when it comes out, you're like, Ooh, shit, this needs work. (laughs) And this is, this is what happens when Juliana makes these declarations or when she goes on these rants. The other thing that she said was that she had to be restrained from charging the cage Mm -hmm. and that her, I, I don't know if she still trains with Rick Little or Sick Jitsu. I think she's training no, in Illinois. No, she's, she's been in Chicago yeah. for yes. Yeah, she's been with um where uh where Yair and them been Okay. Training. Well, in any event, she said that her coach told her to act with class. I wish that she had taken that fully to heart and also, you know, got her mouth in check too. Because what you said makes perfect sense. If I'm her, I'm putting Amanda up on a pedestal because I hold a win over that. That's right. And that's the thing. You know, she has so many other avenues to make herself look good. This just inspired a lot of people to not want to root for her, maybe not even want to buy one of her pay-per-views. And and it's just a bad look to try and shit on Amanda's retirement moment like that. She should be celebrating because she's going to be the first person in there to compete for a belt. I'll tell you what, though. I want to see Aaron Blanchfield in there. 
Because I think Aaron Blanchfield is going to be the next person wearing that belt. Personally. She might. She might be ready. She I just think. might. All right. So now that we've discussed Amanda Nunes and Irina Aldana and Juliana Pena to death, we're going to look at Charles Oliveira defeating Benil Dariush, and he was in a little trouble there for a moment, but he has such good recovery. It's still there. Doesn't matter. Still there. Uh, Benil seemed to me to take a lot of risks that maybe he shouldn't have taken right off the bat. Maybe take Charles into the second or third round to start taking those risks. I don't know, but I just feel like um, it was a little little much there for somebody as accomplished as Charles Oliveira. How did you see this? Uh, Chucky was in trouble, though, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I gotta, you know, you gotta give it to Darius. He had it. He had it for a little bit. He was, he was giving it to him. But then that motherfucker, I mean, when that guy... When that guy summons the power of the horses he owns and says no, <laughs> he decides to he 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 channels be real from Cypress Hill and says, I ain't going out like that. Man, listen, that's that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Just seeing the way that he was able to set up those strikes. And then on top of that, just the moment. The way he got swept up in everything at the end, which is its own its own thing, but just the manner in which he was able to put the stamp on that, definitively, I am not done. I don't care what happened in that last fight. God damn it, you are not going to remember me like that. This is what we're going to do. I'm still here. I can put away the most dangerous guys you put in front of me, and that's what he's doing. He's doing great. And uh, you, you got to respect him. I just I love the way that he's been... Um, the way that he handled the 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 situations that he was in, dug himself out of a hole, and then was able to, as an accomplished grappler, do more with the striking than people expected. And you can say the same for Darius, right? Because they both have the same base, but nah, not the same. Not the same kind of thing, man. This is beautiful. Indeed. Uh, let's look at Mike Malott defeating Adam Fugit. Now, listen, that, that was an expected outcome. I don't really care about the fight as much as I care about the walkout. And the reason why is because as Mike Malott is walking out, the railing next to him with all those fans collapses and about 30, 35 fans fall to the floor right next to him. Mike Malott doesn't miss a beat, just keeps on trucking. Didn't even look to the side. He sort of gave him the side eye like, Man, that sucks for y'all. Gotta go see you. <laughs> <laughs> Just kept going. And that yeah, it looks like it sucks over there. I don't that, know. That was funny. Now, I don't know who sets up the arenas. If that part, you know, the security railings or whatever, if that is set up by the UFC or by the venue. But I imagine there's going to be some, some illegal stuff happening as a result of that because that was kind of wow i mean you just see all these people cheering for mike malott and then they're all on the floor boop that is a shame but that's that's on the venue i'd imagine i mean you know it's as as much as as much as the ufc goose on a lot of things that's this is not really on them and uh and it's unfortunate because it made (laughs) that performance was so good too but we're not talking too much about the performance we're talking about that mess because it's like you guys are spending all this money. You're breaking in all this money, and this is this this little, this 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 cheap little uh, uh, sort of um, third rate 
type of, of arrangement is how you guys are operating things. It seems it's a bad look for the company, even though it's sort of outside of their control in that respect. Mm. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm just, it, I don't see any reports of anybody being seriously hurt. So, I mean, I'm glad for that, but wow. What, uh, yeah, that, that I'm just glad that also Mike didn't get hurt. On right? the way out. Cause imagine if that would have fallen on his leg or some shit like that. Right. Gosh. God. And that's why I was wondering, because, you know, maybe UFC officials check for those railings since that is where there are, the fighters are walking out from. That's why I was wondering if there's any kind of culpability for the UFC in that regard. I I really don't know. I'd love to know, though. Me it's an too. interesting question. Yeah. All right. Another fight we need to look at. And for me personally, this was a gangbusters fight and could also have been fight of the night now they gave that um award to mark andre barrio defeating eric anders but i thought that uh danny Ige defeating nate landwehr could have also gotten it too yeah nate landwehr didn't look like nate landwehr in there not taking anything away from danny Ige, and we all picked danny gay but nate landwehr just didn't look himself did you get that vibe too I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get that vibe at all. I just think that was more Dan Ige just having more advantages. You know what I mean? And I just thought it was more of a uh, a skill and development thing. Okay. All right. You know, and that's, that's again, that's, I'm, I'm in, I'm on your side and, you know, not taking anything away from Nate. If anything, this is even more impressive given the, the caliber of opponent that he was fighting. But Dan just had it, man. Mm -hmm. I just, I gotta, I gotta give it to him. That shit was, he was looking smooth. He was looked great. All right. We have two more fights I want to discuss. The first one, Nasruddin Imovov versus Chris Curtis ending in a no contest. Listen to me, Chris Curtis. You cannot go on your Twitter and talk about how you really wanted to keep competing when you literally followed the ref around the cage you followed him screaming about how you couldn't see so maybe if you hadn't done that your fight would have continued but don't come on twitter crying about it and blocking people that point this out to you because that is what you did you followed him around screaming and crying about how you could not see so of course they are going to stop the fight and then, and then, Victor, the best part was when he talks about how he got his glove hung up in his shorts. I mean, this man is just filled with ready-made excuses, pre-made excuses. I think some of them are quite funny. I really like the glove getting caught in the shorts thing. I'm not certain if the walking around and saying the stuff he was saying was instinctual. It could have been. Um, he's, of course... You know, look, I mean, it was a legitimate um, oh, sure, for sure. stop Absolutely. in that sense. So, I mean, I get that. But he's also saying that uh, he's got a corneal abrasion. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, okay. I don't I, I'm wondering where the corneal abrasion came from, because if you look at the cut, it's above the eyebrow or right on the eyebrow. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it was a result of the impact. It's, I mean, I don't know. It could have been, or maybe there was an eye poke we didn't see. I, I don't, but then you, he would have probably mentioned that too. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little lost as to where that, that would have been. I'm not doubting him. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't saying, doubt like, him either, but. A lot of this stuff after the fact, it's like now you're adding a lot of unnecessary sauce into this that we mm. ain't really, like, why? I, okay. All right. Just, just do, just say, you know, look, just say, 
hey man, I couldn't continue, and that's fine. You that understand that. Sometimes your body, yeah, right, your body quits on you, and and that's not a measure of you not being tough, dude. You got headbutted, yeah, in a fight where you're not expected to be headbutted. If this were Lethway rules, and you know that's part of the game, then fine. But that's not what happened here. So there's a legitimate reason for this fight to have been stopped, and I get that. We all get that. It's when you start talking about all this other stuff that it starts to get a little more like mm, I don't I don't know man that's not that's not really right and genuinely I I I really like Chris for the most part I think he's you know that he's mostly been a pretty cool dude but in the lead up to this fight he's he's kind of had some pretty erratic behavior and I don't know where that's I don't know I, I have no idea what goes on in anybody else's head really well he hangs out with Sean Strickland entirely too much so there there, there could be problems. I mean they're training partners that kind of ends up happening sometimes. Oh they have a podcast and everything and they they they, they Oh they do that's right. Yes, they're that's like right. best friends. That. It is beyond just training partners. They are legit besties. So anyways, the last fight from this card I wanted to take a quick look at. Jasmine Jasudavisius defeating Miranda Maverick and she beat her ass. Um, the, Miranda Maverick did all right there in that first round, but beyond that, I mean, and then we had an, an instance where Miranda says that she ended up basically losing sight in one of her eyes for the whole last round. And a lot of people laid into her. She mentioned today on her, I, I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram, but I saw a screen cap where she said that she had been getting death threats and being encouraged to commit suicide and all, man, wow. I mean, people are really in their feelings about that fight. I picked Miranda, but I don't have any problem with the fact that Jasmine was better than her. Jasmine clearly went and worked on her striking for starters. That shit looked, she looked like a different fighter entirely. Yeah, it seemed though Miranda was discussing the fact that she was having difficulty with her vision as well. Mm -hmm. She said she was uh, blind in one eye for a bit. That's what I was saying, Miranda. Right, no, but I mean, I'm 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 bringing that up to mention that that's that's funny because now that's that's similar to what Chris Curtis was also saying after his oh, fight. Yeah, yes, so yes. so now like you know you got two fights where that happened. That's like what are the odds of that? That's pretty <laughs> weird, right? Well, so yeah, I mean, it's tough fighting with one eye. You know, the fact that she kept going and, and mm -hmm. I mean, in a situation she probably didn't have to, she could have potentially waved it off. I don't, I don't know. Maybe her corner could have done something. I don't know if she told them. I didn't hear any of the corner audio. Um, yeah, I, that's, oh God. I mean, that, that, that's, I want to really say that, that maybe that had a part of it, but then you also look at the way that her reactions were going and the way that she was handling herself in the grappling. It didn't really seem, it didn't play out the way at least that I expected to, because again, I also picked Miranda. I ate shit on this card <laughs> and that's fine, but I'm more concerned for her well-being. I really hope that she's able to have that, uh, get her, her eyesight checked out and that she's able to recover because that stuff is no joke, man. And I hope people stop leaving her shitty messages too. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the thing, you know, whether you're a fighter, you know, when you're a fighter that stuff is going to happen regardless, but then when you're a woman on top of that, ooh shit. Yeah, that's mm -mm. Yeah. I I really don't like the idea of people, you know, telling her to commit suicide and things like that. That's just No. Awful. No. <clears throat> All right. So, we are going to pick some fights this week. I have picked six fights. 
Three are from the excellent Bellator 297 card, and three are from the middle-of-the-road UFC Vegas... Which one are we on? 76, I think? Yeah, this is an Apex card. It's either 75 or 76. I want to say 76. Um, we will start with Bellator, since that will be the first card that airs on Friday night. We are going to look at light heavyweight first. Corey Anderson taking on Phil Davis. How you got that one? I wanted to pick Phil Davis. And then I remembered Phil Davis. <laughs> and I may, I, I know that sounds harsh. What I'm trying to say is like, he's not the same kind of reliable wrestle boxer he used to be. You know, he'd have a bit of what, you know, Connor Rebush talking about being a good bullshitter in fights, right? The way you move, the way you react to things. When you do things that are rewarded by the judges because of the manner in which you fight, because of your style, because of the way that you make things, the way you, the direction you push things in fights from moment to moment. Corey Anderson puts pressure. Corey Anderson is not going to be afraid of the of the the tech the takedown threat. He can strike at range. He can hit really hard, and I think that's going to put Phil Davis in uh, more than just a spot of bother. And I'm really concerned about that now. Like this is not prime Phil Davis anymore that we're addressing. You know, so uh, I. I don't I don't like the way this is going to go. It could just be an, another ass ugly fight. It might not be um exciting or super interesting regardless, but I'm going to go with Corey. All right. We are all three going with Corey Anderson. Next up, Sergio Pettis defending his belt against Patricio Pitbull who is seeking out his third belt. I who else does this? Who no else one. is this fucking crazy? <laughs> you know, you see Connor trying to move up and talk his way into welterweight, but no one's really clamoring for that. But then you see this, you go, hold on a second. This guy's moving down? Yeah. Oh my God, what a fucking king. You know what? I can't go against Pitbull. As smart as Pettis is, as, as good as he is with his fights, I can't pick against him. I just hope that Pitbull isn't too drained from the uh, weight cut to make this happen. And I really, really have high expectations for this. Pettis is really good, but what Pitbull has that Pettis doesn't is a lot of power. Yes. And that will be the decision maker right there because Pitbull can grapple every bit as good as Pettis and he can wrestle too. He's got very good defensive wrestling. We've seen it time and time again. I just can't pick against Pitbull. And so obviously I'm picking Patricio as is Mookie. So... We get to the final fight on this Bellator card. Vadim Nemkov taking on Yoel Romero. Vadim Nemkov could legitimately go over into the UFC and compete and maybe even win. I mean, he is really talented. So, obviously, I'm picking Vadim. Mookie is picking Vadim. I'm interested to hear how Victor's going because he loves Yoel Romero. You know what? You could say the same about a bunch of these guys on this card. I think people, you, you got to understand something. This this event, from an action perspective, pretty damn good. They got some really good guys here that you might not be, uh, might not have heard of, or might not even uh, be too familiar with. But then, and that's even with the loss of the welterweight fight between Bobby Nash and Roman Feraldo. Feraldo 
is insane. That guy is going to be a star if he keeps going the way he's going. But anyway, enough about that. The point is, this is an exciting card. This is a great fight. I love it as as much as I'm, you know, having to watch between, you know, like my fingers covering my my eyes. Uh, I, I'm out of solidarity. I got to pick Romero, man. I have to. I just, I know, I know, I know Nemkov is a massive threat. He is <laughs> finally in his prime. He can strike, he can wrestle, he can do all these things. But, like, Romero still has the power. He's still got the crafty grappling. I don't know. I don't expect him to look the way he did when he did that flying knee against, um, oh, Christ, what was that dude's name? Um, uh, Clifford Starks mm. in his UFC debut. I don't expect that guy. I don't expect the guy who fought Chris Weidman. But I do expect Yoel Romero. And the guy he is now is still enough to give a bunch of these dudes fits. And uh, you know what? I'm I'm just going to go with it. I, you know, I'll, I'm more than willing to eat shit on this pick. All right. Next up. We are going to pick UFC Fight Night, uh, UFC Vegas 76, I believe. (laughs) Uh, It is Vittori versus Cannoneer. We are going to pick three fights here as well. First up at 145, a banger. Pat Sabatini versus Lucas Almeida. Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini. The man, he's just much more complete. Almeida's great. He could end up winning this one. I mean, this is kind of a coin flip in some respects. Uh, certified finisher, but Sabatini just just has a much more, when a guy has a much more all-encompassing vision for what an MMA fight is, he ends up having the advantage because he can take things where he wants and he can start doing more. Also, I should note one thing while we're picking this card. For those out there that know my pet peeves about these fucking Apex cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask me how many rank fights, Victor. Okay. Okay, but hold on a second. I will grant you this. Right. I, I yes, that is that is a concern, right? And and that's what these Apex cards are for. However, from that, an action standpoint. No, no, no. Stop while you're ahead. Ask me the question, and then we'll we'll break this down. How further. many rank fighters are there, Steffi? No. Fights. Ranked oh, fights. Okay, ranked fights. Okay, damn. How many ranked fights? One. The yeah. top one. Ask me how many ranked fighters. Uh, like three or something. I don't know. Three. That's it. There you go. Yeah. All right. As far as an action standpoint, Victor does have a point. There are a lot of bangers on this card, but we are still paying, and we are still under the helm of the UFC, the largest promotion in the world. Someone asked me, how many would you like to see? And another person replied immediately before I could, at least 50%. I'd be happy with 60%. Not me. I would be happy with a fight night card. Give me three. Three ranked fights. That's all I need. Three ranked fights. That, to me, seems reasonable for a fight night card from the largest promotion, a promotion that was just valued at $12.1 billion all by itself. That's before the merger with WWE that then pushes their valuation jointly up to 21.6. But the point I'm making is, is you have to give us more. You have to give us a reason to even tune into them. Victor. 
I agree. I mean, again, they're they're just they're just trying to sell the big three letters at this point. Mm-hmm. That's all this is. If you're watching the UFC, you're watching the UFC. If it's on, it's on, and you're probably watching anyway. But at the very least, like I kind of feel like while I do agree with you, I do kind of feel like this is not the worst compromise if you're at least getting good action fighters against other good action fighters. And they're not this isn't the type of situation where the usual, you know, you'll have like the kind of squash match type thing or you have a guy who's ranked at number 13 fighting a guy who's unranked. Not really. Not in this case. You're seeing people that are on upwards trajectories or people that are kind of, you know, moving along, kind of pushing through fighting each other. And I think that's fine. I mean, there's kind of a decent balance in that. So, I mean, in in the case of this specific card, I feel like it stings a little less. It actually stings a lot less because of the potential for action. But maybe that's just me. Hmm. All right. You you mentioned there. You know, obvious mismatches or guys that are ranked 13 fighting unranked guys. How about a guy that's ranked number eight at lightweight fighting an unranked guy? How about that? Also, I don't like the idea of the exchange aspect. Oh, this is a good trade-off because we're getting good fights. Well, no, it's a less it's a less bad trade-off. Not good, but no, less bad. See, you have to put your line in the sand. You have to say. You have to demand. They ain't listening to me for this shit. I mean, let's be real. I they're know, listening, but, but they're have, not really paying this attention. This is my you know? principles here, and I feel like we have to demand better from them. Not just look. My my expectation is minor. Three ranked fights. We have fourteen fights on this card. Why can't three of them be ranked? Why can't they I don't get? No, maybe fights. I mean, did that that Sorokin fight? Did that uh, did that fall apart? No, I don't think so. No, I don't see any. Um... No, it's and there. And, and here's it. the other thing: Josh Emmett versus Ilya Topuria was supposed to be on this one. It got shuffled along too. So it's it's moving slots more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and so again, we we have to look at these things, and we have to if if you want more, you got to be loud. You got to be vocal. And that's what I'm doing here. So I want more. Anyways, uh, we are all picking Armin Sarukian, correct? Yeah. Yes, we are. All right. Did did we pick this already? No, we're doing it now. <laughs> so, yeah. We just landed on it. and We, we just, just landed yeah. on it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're all going to pick him. How about you break it down for us? For what? No, I'm good with it. Silva's good. <laughs> Sarukian's better. Congratulations. <laughs> Sarukian's eight. Silva's whatever. Way outside the top 15. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to the main event, though. And and this one's a good fight. Marvin Vittori taking on Jared Cannonier. Victor, I'll let you start. Vittori, with his pressure and his boxing and his movement, has his limitations. But I don't think that those limitations are going to be a problem here. I think that that's exactly the kind of thing that'll fluster Cannoneer, much like we saw with um, with Whitaker, right? You know, you, you, you keep playing peekaboo, you could stifle his movement, but you got to set those things up. And Marvin's going to need a little more oomph than usual here. He's going to have to set up some leg kicks early. He's going to have to really make Cannoneer respect that distance and, 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 and kind of dance at his pace I'm not sure what Cannoneer does here. I guess really get inside and start punishing the body, I'd imagine. Really try to slow him down that way. Um, other than that, he's 
going to have a very tough road to hoe unless he's able to start getting some takedowns early, which he probably could. But I don't really think that's going to be the avenue that he pursues. That's not usually what he does. So um, I guess I'm going to go with Vittori. Mookie is also going with Vittori, but I'm not. I'm going with Cannoneer. Since Cannoneer has moved to 185, ask me who's beaten him. Oh, boy. Uh, Izzy and Robert Whitaker. That's it. One time. Yeah. You know, one time for Izzy, one time for Robert Whitaker. But he's beaten David Branch, Anderson Silva, Jack Hermanson, uh, Kelvin Gastelum, Derek Brunson, Sean Strickland. Marvin Vittori has also lost to Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. And it could be argued that Robert beat him more soundly because if we could go back in our memory palace to the Whitaker and Cannoneer fight, Cannoneer was coming back in that third round, but unfortunately he lost the first two. So he's coming back in that third round. And if you watch, he hits Robert Whitaker with an elbow of all elbows that staggered the shit out of Robert Whitaker. I'm thinking to myself, had that fight been five rounds, we might have seen a different result. I I don't know how much longer both of these guys, with the damage that they've accumulated, how much longer that's going to go. I don't think that Vittori is the kind of guy who's going to put a further dent into Cannoneer. Right. But I do see Cannoneer doing that to Marvin. Yes. Maybe not knocking him out, but like really kind of chipping away some of those points so that down the line – you know, that that starts to wear down. I, I'm really concerned here that that might be a thing. But, I mean, I guess he, he's got to land that shot first. So I guess we'll see. Now, as far as Cannoneer's chin, at 185, it is untested. You know, Robert Whitaker couldn't do it. Israel Adesanya couldn't do it. The last time he lost via TKO was back in 2018 when he was still at 205 and Dominic Reyes got him. But Jan mm-hmm. Blakowicz couldn't put him away. Glover Teixeira couldn't put him away. Only two people have done it. And that's Dominic Reyes and Sean Jordan. That's it. Marvin Vittori is not going to be able to do this. As far as put him down. I'm not saying he can't win. I'm saying I don't think he can put him down. He just doesn't carry that kind of power. And if he does, obviously, y'all know, I'll go out and I'll announce it myself and I'll eat all my crow, my humble pie, whatever. I just think Jared Cannonier has... Um, more paths to victory here. He's a good wrestler. He's got the cardio and he's definitely got something that Vittori doesn't have. And he's got one hitter quitter written all over his hands. So that's why I'm picking Jared Cannon here. All right, that's going to wrap up the regular portion of our show. We are now going to move into the bonus section where we cover salacious headlines. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcasts and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, 
the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us. And it not be real. I mean, he was just, his feet went right out from under him. And you watch his head in that 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 mask. And I don't know how thick they are. I would imagine it's not very thick so that they can lift it on and off very easily. But his head bounced off that wooden court. It bounced. And then Connor, <laughs> he follows him down with another one. 